What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Brothers. I'm Paul Fisher, here with AJ Williams, as always, and we're here to talk to you about this week's relevant sports topics, such as we're going to get into The Last Dance, the episodes that have already aired, episodes one through four on ESPN, five and six are tonight. We're going to talk about those first four, the Bulls dynasty and all the different aspects within that topic, which there are a multitude. Also, we're going to get into how sports leagues try to come back during the virus. You know, we're trying to get different sports back up and running. And there are a lot of factors that play into that, such as state versus federal league versus state. Lots of different topics there, so we'll also get into that. But let me just check my excitement at the door here for a second. got to bring up something serious with you here, AJ. I have a question for you, and it's a very simple question. just want you to answer yes or no. So the question is, do you, during these coronavirus times, do you miss sports? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you miss sports. Um, I've got some rough news for you then. Uh, and it, it applies to me, too, because I also miss sports. But I'll give you another chance. Maybe you answered impulsively. Um, so go ahead. Think about it for a second. I'm going to ask you, do you, during these coronavirus times, these pandemic quarantine times, miss sports? Uh, my answer, again, is going to be yes. Okay. Um, so still yes. Well, here's the bad news for you. Hopefully you're not driving or anything. You can sit down and just take this news as it comes. But uh, you're an asshole. <laughs> Okay, so I I didn't want to have to break that to you on a podcast in front of, you know, all these people. But I mean, that's what you are. And that's what I, I am. It. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not only you're more of like an insensitive asshole, if I want to get kind of specific about it. And, um, and I'm just a messenger, you know, don't come at me about it. I'm just letting you know that, uh, that that's what you are. And you have other people to blame for this. You have people like um, Scott Newell. You have uh, Levi Moore, people like that to blame. You know who those people are? No. No. Well, let me let me let you know. I'll give you a little history here. So April 10th, Patrick Mahomes tweeted, man, I'm sad I'm not at the Masters right now. That's the extent of his tweet. That was it. Man, I'm sad I'm not at the Masters right now. I think a lot of sports can, fans can uh, identify with that, whether it's the Masters or any other sporting event. And uh, a lot of people had some quick responses for that and tweeted their responses. Um, one, Scott Newell, who I mentioned to you, says, love my QB, but this tweet is tone deaf as fuck. So you've got that one. You've got Levi Moore, who said, young man, millions of people are dying of coronavirus each day. The masters can take a back seat. Uh, you've got somebody called Loud Voice Guy, who says, I'm sad I have friends who are sick from this. Uh, same guy, loud voice guy. We have another one from him, so that's wonderful. Is what's hard to comprehend. People are dying, and he is tweeting about being at a golf tourney. Spare me. Only elitists would be tweeting this type of stuff right now. People who don't have to brave grocery stores and sign up for unemployment. So, oh, there was one more. There's Baz. I forgot Baz. How could I forget Baz? Baz's comment is people are dying, Pat. Thoughts and prayers, though, for you. So that all came from, man, I'm sad I'm not at the Masters right now. So this is why you and I are also assholes, because we miss sports just like Patrick Mahomes does. And I uh, just wanted to get your take on what this means, you know, when you, you put out an idea like that into the Twitterverse or any kind of social media platform. And these are the kind of responses you get. What do you think? Well, yeah, I guess I'm an asshole then. 
Um, yeah, because, yeah. you know, people, people live sometimes, you know, and through sports, that's what, you know, gets them going, mm-hmm. gets them up in the morning. Um, they, you know, people just like to, you know, stir the pot. Exactly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did not mean anything by that tweet. He's just a normal sports fan. He's a competitor. Right. That's what we all are. We're competitors. People that love sports are competitors. And he was actually going to be there. So, I mean, he he planned on going, which is, you know, a little bit different, too. He probably hadn't been there tons of times before, so it was kind of a special thing for him. So Exactly. exactly. And that's that's the thing, though. You know, the coronavirus um, is something that we've never seen, and it's affecting so many people and is absolutely something to take serious. Mm -hmm. But it's not something we cannot – just stop our normal lives. People right. like you and me, we live and breathe sports. So for us to miss, it, for us to miss it, I mean that that I don't know. That just it makes me feel some kind of way because, come on, man, like that just does not make any sense. I'm I'm, no. I'm kind of uh, at a loss of words right now just because how people. Or I guess I really don't know. I, I can't. I, well, people I don't have just towards it. Yeah, people it. just like to come at people. I mean, I think part of it is just a symptom of the way social media, the way all social media social media is right now. Um, I think a good eighty percent of it is negative. I think that no matter what, a lot of people are just out there to try and make themselves look make themselves look better by putting someone else down, usually someone they've never met before. They're just immediately commenting on whatever the other person's comment or post was just to kind of put them in their place, get everybody else to like their comment. And it's just a game and it's a nasty game. Usually. I mean, we saw it in some of the groups that we were in on Facebook. So that's just the nature of it. But, um, but, there were but, some... how, but how does that, those people's comments affect Patrick Mahomes at all? Oh, none. Of course not. No, but they just like they just like it when people retweet their comment. They like it when people like their comment and they just it makes them feel better somehow that they can kind of slam on somebody, whether it's a famous person like Patrick Mahomes or it's just me or you. You know, that's just the way it is. But I think that's part of it is just a general symptom of a, you know, of a, a specific symptom of a general problem with social media. But those people to me, I mean, the assholes here are the people like this, like this Scott Newell, like this loud voice guy, Levi Moore, all them, because like you said, I mean, life is to be enjoyed. Now, granted, there is such thing as context. If you told me on the phone and we're just hanging out, me and you were talking and you said, you know what, man, uh, my grandmother, she's she was diagnosed with coronavirus and I don't know, it's looking kind of dicey. And I said, I just missed the masters right now. Well, then, yeah, that, that's a problem. That's context in a conversation. But I think Patrick Mahomes just mentioning out of the blue, just it's his thought at the moment. I miss the I miss the masters. I think that's a little bit. It's okay. It doesn't mean that he's cool with people dying. That's not what it means. And my other problem with it is that these people seem to act like when it's not coronavirus. Are you telling me that there aren't horrible things going on at those times? I mean, there are genocides in other countries going on at any given moment. There are people dying within your own hometown. There are people without homes. There are people without jobs at any given moment. So are we supposed to never feel excited about anything? Because there's somebody out there dying. There's somebody out there sad. There's somebody out there jobless. There's somebody out there hopeless. So I guess we have no – we just can't be happy. 
because there, there are sad people in the world. Well, that's a world that I don't think many people want to live in where you have to base your emotion on the worst possible thing that's going on in the world. No, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you are allowed to have emotion, feelings. That's, that's what you're allowed to have. And with Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, I miss the Masters, that's, a, that's a, an emotion, a feeling that he has at that certain moment. And I don't expect Patrick, Patrick Mahomes to be thinking about the coronavirus 24-7. No, no. And, that who, and who's it affecting? I mean, honestly, yes. We see on the news all the time. I myself, I pay attention, especially when Governor Northam is uh, talking, talking about what is going on opening up the state again. Right. Um, because I'm looking for the future. I'm looking for things to get better. Um, it's just something that it's never happened to us before that everybody I think is losing their mind. Um, people say the smallest things, like you said, Patrick Mahomes, I miss the masters. When would that ever affect somebody's life? And it's where where they're like, Hey, I want to tweet back at him or comment back at him and say, you're an asshole. Okay. Well, right. And, but the thing is when you say that something is important to you, it doesn't mean that you have to compare it to everything else you know, in the world. You don't, you don't have to do that. It can just be that you like golf. It doesn't mean, oh, golf is more important than people's lives. And who, who made that comparison? Mahomes certainly didn't. He's just saying, I miss some golf. That's the way it is. One, of, one person replied on here, Jeremy Martin, uh, his response was, I'm sad I'm not watching the Masters too. It doesn't mean I'm not aware of what's going on in the world or sensitive to it. People just like to bitch on Twitter. Grow up. He donated a hundred thousand and fifteen thousand dollar meals or something close to that. Meaning that you know it's not like Mahomes didn't do his part. Although I don't even think that really plays into this. It's nice that he has, but you don't have to. Um, another person that commented was Scott Van Pelt. He said two things can be true at once. Many things actually. I miss being at an event I have covered for twenty years. I'm allowed to miss that while understanding the seriousness of the moment. People who insist on your way of looking at life are exhausting. And that was about the loud voice guy talking about elitists with, you know, you don't have to brave grocery stores and such. And he's exactly right. It is exhausting. That would be an exhausting way to think about life if you're going to constantly compare everything to the horrible things that are going on in the world. And well, I, I, have, I have one for you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friend actually was supposed to get married on Saturday, uh, May 2nd. Yeah. And, you know, I'm definitely sitting there yesterday saying, man, I, I wish I was up there standing next to him, you know, yeah. um, while he's marrying the girl of his dreams. And but no, you know, we're in this time right now where the coronavirus is affecting a lot of people, you know, but I still have those feelings where I'm saying, hey, I want to be there with him. This is his big day. I want to do that. Yeah. And if you I guess if you tweeted that, then people like these people who I've already quoted would be like, yeah, man, sorry your dude can't get married, but like uh, tons of people are dying. Right. <laughs> you know? like, that would be the comment. <laughs> makes no sense, man. No, it does. But see, that, that's the thing. There are just people out there who enjoy being just constant Debbie Downer nasty bitches, and that's yeah. all they are. And yet I don't know what they're like in real life. Maybe they're awesome in real life, and they just have this persona on social media where they know they can get attention because they're attention-seeking with comments like that for sure. Um, but maybe they're really, maybe they're really good people, but when that's all I have to go on, that's just disgusting. And that's not the kind of people I would want to hang out with or talk to because 
that's just a horrible way of looking at things. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to derail us for the whole show about that, but I just, I think it's important that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is an athlete. So his connection with the world and with people on social media is through sports. So he's not going to get on there and talk about, you know, whether or not enough ventilators are in New York, he's going to get on there and he's going to talk about sports because he's an athlete and that's his connection to the people. So I don't, it makes sense that he did that. It would be weird if he did something else. So I just, I just wanted to get that out there because I hope that anybody listening to this show and us and all of our friends, I mean, we know what the deal is. You can be bummed about certain things in life and it doesn't mean you're insensitive. It doesn't mean you're not aware of how horrible things are in certain areas, even if it's not as horrible where you live. So, um, okay. So we got that out of the way. We're both insensitive assholes and let's just have an insensitive asshole show and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and just talk about some sports. Right. Um, but we will keep it somewhat related to coronavirus at first. Let's go with talking about starting leagues back up, you know, whether it's golf, hockey, basketball, uh, baseball for sure, not starting back, but like starting up, getting started. Um, one of the things that I've heard recently that I was kind of thinking about it just internally before I ever heard about it on TV, but then I heard the topic coming up. So it must be on a lot of people's mind is how you – how you can start a league like the NBA in certain states, but not in others. They were talking about possibly, you know, like if your state is open, then those players can report and they can practice. And there might be some sort of distancing or certain amount of people allowed in the gym at a given time rules, but still you can get back and you can start practicing again in certain states such as Georgia and such. Um, So my first thought to that was it's weird when you have a league, you know, that covers every team in in well not even just in our nation but also canadian and such you know other teams from other countries that are in the league because if you don't have a rule that goes across all of the teams starting back up at the same time is it unfair or is it just hey that, that's when our state open we can start what do you think about that yeah i think that you know with different states opening up at different times uh, it's kind of tough for leagues there, um, I think for an even playing field, all teams need to be able to be able to practice um, fully before the games, before there are any games. Right. Um, and it should be, for example, uh, teams like San Jose, the Sharks. Mm-hmm. There was something um, that I saw that, I mean, obviously, California, who knows what they're doing over there. Those idiots, I mean, they opened, they opened up and, you know, millions of people went to gather at the beach and basically Cali- California was like, uh, yeah, we're going to have to close down again. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, they didn't foresee like, that. It's just, it's just stupid. And, you know, first off, I mean, California has several professional sports teams. Oh, several, several in the same city. Exactly. And, and it's tough for, so what are you supposed to do? You know, the sharks can't practice, you know, but uh, I don't know the lightning can, yeah, I, I like think, like how how is that fair? I think I it's just, very I difficult. It. It's a difficult topic because I was thinking about it from each side. I'm like, okay, well, um, it is a league. It's kind of the, you, you got to go by league rules. The league should open as a whole. But then you're thinking, you know, then you're kind of like one of those weakest link situation. Which 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 state is going to hold everybody out the longest? One state, one particular city like New York city could hold everything up based on whatever the decision-making is of their governor, New York. Well, state did you hear governor. about the NBA? Which part? The NBA, how they said that they're 
possibility, you know, and th- they're thinking of uh, bringing all the teams to Disney World in Orlando oh. um, to hold their league. <laughs> Just so- basically bubble them into a, a city, into basically an amusement park. Yeah. And just get this season done. That's how, including that's the playoffs. How... You mean the playoffs would be at Disney yes. World too? Yes. See, I the the hard thing about that, like I think we were talking about this with uh, with Keith and some others about hockey. And you just imagine that when the playoffs come, and you think about the times that games would be played. If you're trying to fit every game in at the same one or two locations, it seems like your times would be really strange. You'd have to be having playoff games in the middle of the day, which in hockey and basketball is not the norm, especially on a weekday. You know, like I, I can't imagine like, oh, tip off at one o'clock for an NBA playoff game on a Wednesday. So right. I guess we have to be open to to changes like that, which granted, I am not going to complain. I really don't care. I think it'd be actually kind of cool if something like that happened. But um, but I, I, it seems like it would have to be a very strange format if they did that sort of thing. Right. I agree. And I know there's uh, other – sports right now that are trying to ease their way back in i know one is coming up uh this saturday may 9th ufc 249 Mm -hmm. and let me tell you this card is stacked this card is stacked and that's something and that the ufc is playing to their advantage Mm -hmm. because a lot of the people that watch these fights stay at home right they're either going to b-dubs they're either going to AJ Gators or Dirty Buffalo or wherever it may be um, for a sports bar for mm-hmm. yourself. But a lot of these people just go ahead and order at pay-per-view at home. So, you know, they're going to – I mean, it, it's a genius idea for them because they're still going to be making – that's where they're making most of their money is off that pay-per-view. Right. And, and they're, they're the only thing going. It's not like now you can be like, no, I was going to watch that big basketball game that night. No, you weren't. Right. So now the only thing is I would hope – and I don't know, I, I doubt they are, but you would think knowing that you can get so many more people because there is no other uh, competition that night and that everybody's stuck at home anyway, I would – I think it would be so cool if they lowered their price because you'd, mm. you'd get yeah. so many more people watching anyway. You would make tons of money, especially if – because there are always going to be those people out there who are like, no, nah, I really don't want to pay that much. But if it was a little lower, definitely I'd consider it. This would be the time to do that, and then you might gain some new followers for the future. Right, and that's the thing. And even if they don't lower the price, you're getting your money's worth with this card. Again, um, for the people out there listening, you have a solid six fights on there that will blow your mind. That could be, honestly, the top main card uh, fight of the night. Right. So it's something you get your money's worth, and it's something to look forward to especially. Uh, I'll be there. I'd definitely be – I would be there watching. Well, yeah, and price-wise, you have to also think that what you're asking then is you you quite often have a lot of people who, like you said, go up to a bar to watch it, and they don't really pay anything as far as the getting the pay-per-view. And then you have other people who get together at somebody's house, and they all chip in and do it that way. And you can't do that right now. So lowering the price – would have been a really cool idea just because you have so many people now individually at home deciding whether or not to buy it. Like for me, it's tough because I am the only one in this house who's going to watch that, (laughs) you know? So, so that would be a little difficult if when it's just one person going and it's expensive, but, um, but you know, that's more on the marketing side of, they know what they're doing. It's not a problem, but I'm up for any sport right now. Like I'm almost to the point where I'd consider watching golf, which I'm not, 
I've never been a golf fan at all, but right now it would be nice to watch some live sport. <laughs> I'm going to take my ass right into the, right into the reclining ch- uh, couch and just be sitting there content and so happy that I get to see some kind of sport. Yeah, live that, you, that you don't know the outcome of. Yes. That's going to be wild. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. But then, it can't come soon enough. But see, then when you think about those leagues also, like we were saying with NBA, the other side of me thinks, you know what? Just like with any other business, any other company, um, if your state opens – then you should be allowed to go to work. You should be allowed to go do something. I think if the league just went ahead and said, we're not going to start the games the first day after the last state opens anyway, so it's not like they're going to be at a huge disadvantage, then I think they could get away with at least saying, okay, if your state's open, sure, you can meet up at the gym, you can meet up at your facilities, and you can you know, get some, get some shots in and get some, get some exercise in with a team, a little bit of practice time. You know, because... I don't know. There are big companies across the continent that if if one state opens, they're going to let that branch of their operation open. You know, they're not going to Apple or something else isn't just going to decide, hey, you know, oh, Georgia's open, but New York's not. So we're not going to let our Apple store in Georgia function. No, they're going to open any shop they can. Right. So part of me just thinks, yeah, you should let them open. And, you know, yeah, they'll get a little extra time together. But I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor of who wins the NBA title this year. Yeah, and that and that's another thing, too. I mean, talking about, you know, a little other sports that are op- uh, opening up right now and are trying to open up mm-hmm. um, the Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan. and. Opening up late June, early July would be fantastic for me because Certainly. I also heard that they were talking about maybe combining the divisions in East, Central, and a West. I saw um, that. Just basically combining uh, the NL, AL kind of. Um, yes, yeah, so you end look. up with the White Sox and, and the Cubs, and you know. Oh, I mean, the... the Red Sox would beat the living dog shit out of the Nationals every single time they played them. So I'd be okay <laughs> with it. I mean. And then you'd be with the Yankees and the Mets. No, oh, yeah. We'll, so, we'll, we'll be all right. I mean, yeah, the, it's an interesting the, the, group. The world, the world Series uh, champ Nats aren't a, aren't a scare for me, so I'll be all right. Yeah, I think you would be okay there. <laughs> I just, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. It'd be weird to see these different divisions and just who you're going up against. I don't think anybody's really going to complain too much because they just want to see some baseball, this bottom line. And if any sport out there could deal with a slightly shorter season than it's, it's obviously baseball. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> but as far as the leagues opening up, I just hope, I think if we could get one or two sports back, I think we'd be good to go. Just, just yes. something baseball would be a great one because there are so many games they play all, they play every day. You'd be set. Um, just getting one of NBA or NHL back just to know that you're progressing towards the playoffs, towards that big push, that would be fantastic. Right. And I think just knowing that football's coming would help. I think some reassurance that the NFL and college football are going to start up, which it doesn't seem like we have as much reassurance with college as we do with NFL, but it would just be nice to get something back so that people can have something to watch. I mean, it's been Whoa, nice. Well, college football needs, for college sports, college football needs to come back um, just for a revenue-based yeah. sport. Because they are college sports. And, and they will do anything. And I think that them pushing it to the spring maybe is a great idea. Sure. Um, because one, it's going to – you're going to get the revenue there. Um, and then two, it's nice weather, man. Like you're going to be going into nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to hurt uh, sports like baseball, you know, but 
it, it's college football, man. Yeah. Like, it can't get any better than that when you go to college. Yeah, like we were talking before, can you imagine having college football at the same time that you're having March Madness? That would be unreal. That like would that. be nuts. They would have to almost decide on those big first two weekends of uh, March Madness to really not put I'd in, be in sports heaven. You can't put any <laughs> huge games on, though. You just can't, like college no. football games, because – March Madness trumps even – I think it trumps even a big premier matchup on Saturday night in college football. Some people, of course, not. They're, they're more football fans. But March Madness, man, it, it's hard to beat as far as how pumped people get for that short period of time for that tournament. So, I mean, that would be – like you said, that would be sports heaven right there. If you had college football going on, you, you've got the final push for the NHL playoffs. You've got the final push for the NBA. Football just ended. And, and even other college sports are starting up like baseball. And so that's unreal. Oh my gosh. Spring would be just unreal because there's usually that letdown when football ends, you know, NFL football. So imagine yeah. you have the Super Bowl, and then you're like, no biggie, man. College football starts in a few weeks. <laughs> Virginia Tech is going to whoop up on you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, there's always that possibility. <laughs> but but just the fact that we would have games in the spring, oh my goodness, that would be unreal. Now, in some of those northern cities – they'd start out cold and end up nice. Like you'd have some right. cold March games, but I mean, it's really just the reverse of what you have the other way around. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't end up with those ridiculously hot games. You end up with when you start the season in August and early September. Um, right. So I don't, overall, I don't think that would be a big factor, but no. how about this? How about, I think we need to transition into a little bit of NBA talk because we've been teasing this for the last two episodes We've had a lot of other stuff to talk about with the draft and such. A lot of NFL stuff was going on there for a little while. But now that that's died down, I think one of the biggest things people are talking about, at least sports fans right now, is The Last Dance because it's been on for two weeks now, four episodes. Uh, I think each of the four episodes has been amazing. I, I don't. Uh, this, is, this could easily turn out to be one of the best – productions that ESPN's ever had as far as sports, like a sports, uh, some sort of thing, uh, looking back at an event, even if it's a sport, a specific event or a specific player, you know, sometimes they do those, uh, E 60 things about a certain player, but this, this is unreal so far, I think. And for me, I mean, I, I lived through it. Uh, whereas, I mean, you technically lived through a little bit of it, um, considering Barely. you were born in 93. But um, but for me, I was born in 75. So I was in I was in high school, graduated in 93. And so the early years of the Bulls dominance in the early 90s, those are my high school years. They were the best team in sports while I was in high school. And then going into college, they were still the best team once Jordan came back and did another three years in Chicago. So for me, I lived through it. I was not a Bulls fan. So I tended to uh, – I didn't enjoy it in that respect because, I, you know, when a team wins that much in any sport, if you don't like them – to start with, you usually end up hating them because they're winning all the time and you just ha you've had enough. So I certainly felt that way at the time, especially liking the jazz. So that, that's a little tough with the, um, with the specific season that they're chronicling um, right. on this show. But I found that looking back at it, watching these episodes, any dislike, any hatred I had for, for Jordan or for the bulls um, is pretty much gone. And now respect starts taking fully taking its place because I did have a little bit of hatred there because I grew up in a 
house where everybody in my house was a hardcore Larry Bird Celtics fan. And so it, it was hard to watch the Celtics fade out uh, after their Bird championships and then the Pistons take over in the East and no one liked the Pistons, like uh, other than a Pistons fan. Everyone hated that franchise. And then even to see the Bulls come in, you just got kind of got sick of hearing about Jordan and the Bulls if you weren't a Bulls fan, especially if you're a Celtics fan. I don't think you're real keen on that. Um, so I ended up going away from that later, from, away from my family Celtics. But, I mean, I still have a place in my heart for those Bird, McHale, Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge kind of teams because those were special. But what have your thoughts been on this on this series so far? Well, I got three words for you. Um Short and simple. Mm-hmm. Fuck Bill Lambeer. Yeah, yeah. The dude sucks. That dude is, honestly, he is equivalent to me to Draymond Green. I can see honestly. that. I mean, and I mean, maybe not the play-wise, but how much I hate Draymond Green is if I was alive back then when, you know, the Pistons were doing their thing, I would have hated Bill Lambeer that much. I oh, mean, yeah. That, that dude is just the worst. Oh. And – Again, like you, so to answer your question, I think the the documentary is beautifully done. It is. I mean, it's 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 so awesome right now. Just I look forward to it every Sunday. You know, two episodes. I mean, there's literally no other person I think right now that you can make a ten part documentary about. <laughs> exactly. Um, seriously, because I mean, they did a thirty for thirty on the greatest hockey player ever, and it was one. It was just one episode. Mm-hmm. You know, the King's Ransom, you know, Wayne Gretzky, the L.A. Kings, right. Oilers, all that stuff. But this documentary with Jordan, it's showing me how competitive he is. And, it's unbelievable. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing. And I've told, and I remember telling you guys in our group chat that I think LeBron James is the best pl- basketball player ever. I do. Um, physically. Uh, just everything he does on the court, rebound, assist, scoring, defense, everything. The dude is unbelievable. But I think that MJ would win one-on-one for the sole fact that he is more competitive than the person in front of him. Right. I think, and yeah, and that's, he's, he's not going to lose. Right. And that's been the only real knock on LeBron along the way is that he just doesn't have that killer killer instinct. He, he doesn't he, he and, and the thing is we're actually about to go into an episode for 5 and 6 and you'll see a little bit on Kobe and who is this the only person that has any kind of killer instinct behind Jordan is Kobe. Yeah, that's what I was that about to say. That Mamba mentality yeah. like going to get yeah, and see, that's – yeah, it, and that is something that LeBron has never really seemed to have as much. People like – I mean, Jordan, I think, pretty much is the – in my lifetime watching basketball, he is the epitome of that. And it really, not even just basketball. Like, I try and think of other people in other sports who are like that, and I don't see how you could be more like that than him. You watch these episodes, and you just see the way he is behind the scenes, whether it's at practice, whether it's just when he's on the bench talking it over with teammates. He did, he just expects everything from everyone because he gives everything at all times. And I, I really liked when they showed uh, when it was the coach's first game and, you know, he's out there playing against the Knicks and the Knicks were a good team at the time. And they're, you know, they're in a dogfight and Jordan just goes over to him and is like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to let you lose your first game. Don't worry about it. And so goes out there, scores like, what did they say, like 10 or 11 of the final points of the game, wins the game. I mean, it's just the guy, yeah. the, the competitive spirit is just, 
you watch it and you're just in awe of it because to have that, not everybody has that. Even the best athletes don't always have it. And to have that in combination with the skill that the guy had. So that's why he is who he is. That's why he can go to six finals, be the MVP in all six finals, be the only person ever to average over 20 points in every finals game he played, which is just disgusting considering he played at a time when you didn't score as many points anyway, because defense was so nasty. So it, I watch and I just think, man, the guy is unreal. He's just, he, he's unreal. And I, I do disagree with you, though. I do. I, I would I would say Jordan's still the best player ever. I would put him above. Yeah. LeBron. And, 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 and that argument is going to go on forever because those two players in my mind and I think in a lot of people's minds, there might be, you know, some that have the Kareem's, the older heads, you know. Yeah. But, you know, MJ and LeBron are have to be the two best players in the world. One or two, however you want to put it, you know, it doesn't matter. I think otherwise, otherwise, yeah, and otherwise emotion just plays a factor. Like for me, because part of me wants to say Bird is up there because when you watch, when you watch shows about him too, like where they talk, they show his highlights and the things he could do and the trash talking he did and how he backed it up. And no matter what you did to him, talk about a competitive dude also. He just, you just didn't see it as much on his face as you did with Jordan. But the um, funniest, the funniest thing is when I heard him say, he told, I don't know who he told, but he said, Hey, it was a winning shot too. He said, Hey, I'm going to shoot the ball in the corner right here. Yeah. This is where I'm going to shoot it. And then he shot it. And he sank it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let's go. Or the time that he was just uh, like for an extended period of time in a game, just going with his offhand and still just crushing people, you know, just yeah. just to prove a point that he could do it. Um, I think th- there are people out there like that. And when you find those gems, you know, those people who have that competitive spirit along with the talent that Bird or Jordan had. I mean, it, you have somebody so special. And the the example also from Jordan from this show that I loved was when um, – what was it from the show? I, it might have been from something else I saw. Reggie Miller was the one talking. And, um, and he was talking about how when he was young, like he was still like in his second season or something. It's a preseason game. And he's against the Bulls. And, you know, Jordan's been playing a little bit longer. So the the guys who have been playing longer don't tend to play as many minutes in the preseason. And they don't go as hard. You know, they're just – they're playing. But it's not like all or nothing. So uh, I guess Miller decided to kind of yap it at Jordan a little bit. And I think he said at that point he had low double digits points, like maybe 11 or 12 points. Jordan had three points, two points, three points, almost nothing. Yeah, almost nothing. And so then he jawed at him. And Jordan turned to his coach and said, leave me in. (laughs) He wasn't going to come out early. And he stays in for the rest of the preseason game. And Reggie Miller laughed and was like, yeah, so I ended with, I think, 13 points. And he ended with 35 and just totally just crushed me because that's the kind of guy the dude is. And then all he said to him after the game or after the practice, yeah, the preseason game was don't ever talk to me. So he's just he just he stays in the game, puts up thirty five, says don't ever talk to me, leaves the court. Just ah, uh, just man. And you, oh, and I love I love I love that competitive nature. Oh, that's I mean, amazing. You you know how? And again, you know I've I've always been a Richard Sherman fan. The talk, the trash talk, right? But people that can back it up, yeah. That people that can back it up, just it's it's so awesome to see. And I guess another thing that we you know can touch on 
for the second episode was solely on Scottie Pippen. Oh, jeez, man. I mean, that blew my mind how underpaid that man was because he was unreal. And what's crazy, too, I mean, honestly, Jerry Krause sucks. But shout out to that guy for picking a a player out of the University of Central Arkansas. Yeah, right. Are you kidding? (laughs) Like, that's who you found? And now he's the best two-man ever? Are you – Yep. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, like the guy whose own did, friend did said, oh, he said he wanted to play in the NBA. And we were like, oh, okay. And they said, did you believe him? They were like, uh, I didn't think he'd play in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, he was the sixth paid, most paid person on the Bulls. On his team. Six. Six. So and he was, I don't know the exact number it was, but it was like 130. I think it was 122nd something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? In the NBA? Yeah. And he was that good. And you it's think really of how good. good he is. Like you compare him to what's the – like currently who is the Scottie Pippen of the NBA? You know, like somebody who is maybe second best on his team then but still one of the top players in the league. Like you look at one of those Warriors teams, you know, you had Clay Thompson, yeah, or Kevin Durant. I mean, this, this, the Steph Curry, whoever you want to say is better, you know, yeah, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, who's better, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter, but or look that's at, base, yeah. that's basically what it is. Or look at the Cavaliers when they had, uh, when they had LeBron and Kyrie. Look at Kyrie and say, okay, 122nd paid in the league. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do have a little uh, hatred for not hatred for Kyrie, but. The man can't stay healthy, and he he oh, gets true. paid all this money, and he can't even play a full season. Like, oh, true, man! Like it, it's it's so ridiculous. The dude has so much talent, but you you can't play a full season. I don't want you. I'm yeah. so glad the Celtics got rid of him. No, I don't blame you there. It would be it would actually be like imagine if imagine if at that same time in the '90s, okay, say you want to go ahead and say Carl Malone was the best player on the Jazz, which it was pretty much the Malone-Stockton show. Couldn't have one without the other. But Malone was the one scoring tons of the points and one of the all-time scorers in the NBA history. So take take Stockton and make him the sixth paid player on his team. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's one of the best point guards ever, ever. Has more assists than, than most people ever. So, yeah, the, the Pippen part, granted – it was a contract he signed, and you know it, it's like that in sports where, you know, you want to blame the the franchise, but I mean, you know, a contract's a two way street. Well, the thing is, Reinsdorf said he said, "Hey, man, do it might not be too long. Sign, yeah, do not sign this contract." But I understand. I do understand that he wanted to support his family, and it's something that when you're that young. You're like, okay, I got to do this. I, ha- I have to do this. So I don't have a million dollars. I don't have no. anywhere close to what he was making. So I, I'm i not going to hate on the man. Oh, and no matter what, he you know, couldn't have seen the, the fortune that they were going to have in the league. He couldn't no. have at that moment thought, oh, we're going to be six-time champions, five-time champions going for a sixth. I mean, he didn't know that. He knows they're really good, and he knows he has the best player in the league on his team. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a complicated situation, but you got to think in most sports when you have a pretty good – GM and ownership situation. If a player is outperforming his contract at a certain point, you have talks with him and you say, you know what, we realize your value and we want to have talks to give you a little bit more because you're obviously worth more than we're giving you right now. Exactly. And well, honestly, Jerry Krause is a fucking idiot. I mean, the the dude said, hey, I don't care if Phil Jackson goes 82 and 0, he's not coming back. Like, I don't care what anybody says. I think Phil Jackson. Has got to be up there, if not the best coach ever. Yeah. Because again, 
you know, yes, he coached Jordan. You know, he coached that Bulls team. He coached the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. I get it, you know. You're, you're sitting there, but with those kind of players, but it's it, – he implemented so much. That triangle offense, you know, it, he actually implemented it. And just all of it. He his- was not the one that came up with it, but he implemented it, and it, it turned into – it changed the NBA. And honestly. just all of his kind of new wave quirks and everything, you know, like the, the Native American stuff, the he's you know, the Zen stuff, all that sort of thing. I mean, he's just he's a very unique guy. And 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 yeah, he he had Jordan and Pippin, but I mean the Bulls had Jordan and Pippin before he started coaching them too. You know, they had Jordan. And so they weren't winning. They were going to playoffs and they were losing every time. You know, well, they it's, were it's, there's, there's struggling. a couple of things. There's a couple things too, and I saw something on one of the Celtics pages because people think that Jason Tatum is going to turn into a superstar, and if he's not already, and I think he is, I think the the kid is awesome. Yeah. Um, but they're saying, can Brad Stevens handle a superstar? And that's what you go back to Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. who handled Jordan and Kobe. Oh yeah, and Shaq too. You know, Pippen, all those superstars. He handled them in the right way where Jordan said, hey, I'm not playing for anybody else. Right. Like, I'm not, do- I'm not doing it. So he obviously had some an amazing account of leadership that just made players – I mean, it was – I mean, I'm a coach, you know, so see, want, players wanting to play for me, mm-hmm. I'm obviously doing something right. Yeah, and he handled not only superstars, but he handled personalities because that's exactly – well, he had a superstar slash personality when he had Rodman. So you're talking about – that's a lot of – I mean that's a lot of babysitting, a lot of – I mean that's here, stuff here, you can't here's even foresee. Qu- here's, here's my question for you, Paul. <laughs> yeah. How would you feel – I mean with a person like Rodman on your team? I mean the dude was unreal under the basket, but he says, hey, man <laughs> – I need a vacation. Yeah. Like, I mean, a vacation to Vegas? What? How would you react if you were a coach on that team, GM on that team, Jordan on that team? You know, how would uh, you react? I got to say that my if I was a coach, my I would not have done what he did, and that's why I'm not him. You know, I'm not as successful as he is. An 11-time champion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's what makes him special is that he knew – that I mean, yeah, you want to have these rigid rules that you have with everybody, and it's the same for everyone. I mean, yeah, that's the way everybody wants it to be. They don't want it to be this guy gets to do this, this guy gets to do that. Why can't I do it? It'll be anarchy, you know, that sort of thing. But he saw through all that, and he just said, look, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have to do. People are different. People have different needs. Um, but I, if I was a teammate, I mean, it's it's hard to predict because it's hard to look at it from outside because – if I was a teammate, I would also know him. I would also know Dennis Rodman. I'd have a relationship with him, and I would be able to then put that relationship up against what the coach is deciding to let him do, and maybe my relationship would make me understand it better. But as an outsider, I look at, oh, a dude wants to leave in the middle of the season and go to Vegas for a little while and hang out with a bunch of friends and Carmen Electra, and I'd be like, no. I mean, we're a team. This is our job. This is what we're doing here. How, I mean, and it's our last season. I mean, how could you do that? And you'd think you'd feel somewhat abandoned or something. But that's, I think, what made Phil Jackson absolutely special to be able to deal with that. And when he came back, the dude was ready to go. 
came back's the wrong word. When they went and got him, <laughs> he was he came back and he was ready to go. Yeah, you, you got to go get them. Man. Exactly, and Jordan <laughs> was exactly right about that. So, I, I you have to respect everything that they did. Um, there, there's so much to talk about. I mean, what about the Pistons? I mean, what about the those seasons where they kept knocking out the Bulls and in grueling, hard fought series where they're just taking it to them and it has to be weird for somebody like you who is younger didn't watch basketball at that time and you look at the way people flop now and you look at the way people you know they they whine that they got fouled because they get bumped a little bit and you look at what the pistons did to people oh i'm on honestly i hate lambeer and i, pro- I would have hated the pistons but man i would i would love for the nba to turn into oh, I wish it was a more like that. scene underneath the basket. I wish basketball was somewhere between where we are now and where they were then. I don't think you – well, maybe like it was then, but not every team can be like the Pistons were. I mean, because then, I mean, it's just – it's an all – I mean, it's like UFC. I mean, that's crazy. But I think the fact that if you went into the lane, you were going to pay for it. And nowadays it's not the, that way. The Jordan rule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that they manhandled him was just unreal. And I think that those series at the time, I mean, I couldn't stand the Pistons. Nobody liked the Pistons. They were just a detestable group. Um, I didn't like Isaiah Thomas. I didn't like uh, – no one liked Lambeer. Um, none of them. I, I couldn't get into Yeah, none of them. Um, now, when they're talking, when they're interviewing them for this show, I think Sally's a very likable dude, very likable. Right. When I listen to Isaiah, I feel like he's fake. Um, and then – I, I just – I look back at those and I just think I'm when they finally got over the hump, that's another issue, is when they finally beat them, and boy, did they beat them um, when they took them out so quickly. Um, and then the Pistons decide to walk off the court without shaking hands. I mean that's an issue that comes up in you know, a lot of sports. You know, It can come up in an individual sport where a tennis player doesn't want to approach the net and shake a hand. It can come up in a team sport like somebody decides to not go shake hands after a hockey series is up which doesn't really happen that often, but it could. Um, I mean, it can really happen in any sport, but what, what are your thoughts on that? I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because you said something about Isaiah being fake, and I think that's exactly um, how he perceived himself on, I think it was first take. He said, you know, if I knew, I mean, that's just how it was back then. Yeah, right. Know, and, uh, you know, if I knew, if I would have known, you know, that would have affected me and maybe the, the dream team selection, you know, I would have went back or whatever, dude, you know, that's first off, that's not, I wasn't even watching, but that's not how it was back then. There's no way it's sports, man. You congratulate your competitor for a hard fought series. That's sportsmanship. Well, like that's how it is. Well, that's and the thing, <laughs> and and that's and it it kills me. You know that you go and you win two years, okay, and then a better team, a better team, in the Bulls beats you, and you can't congratulate them and show sportsmanship. It's 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 poor. It's piss poor, and that's another that's another reason why the Pistons should be hated. Yeah, and, and when you think about it too. They tried to bring that up. You know, they played the audio of Isaiah saying that to Jordan. And like he said, I mean, he, he debunked that whole theory immediately because he didn't just try and say, well, it wasn't like that then. He just said, OK, just look personally at our series. They beat us the year before. I shook their hand. So, I mean, Isaiah, he doesn't have to look back far to see 
that no, that's not the way it's done. The dude who just crushed you, he shook your hand when you beat him the year before and the year before that. So that's not an excuse. And when you want to come out and say, if I had known that it would affect this, if I had known that it affects that, that tells you more about that dude than you ever even wanted to know. You don't, you don't shake somebody's hand because you're afraid that if you don't later in life or soon in the next couple of years, there might be a bad outcome. That's not why you do it. You do it because it's sportsmanship in and of itself. It doesn't matter about the dream team. It doesn't matter about how you're looked later when you retire. That, that just shows you everything you need to know. Like, oh, well, yeah, I would have done it if I knew that it was going to make some bad things happen in my life. Okay, well, so you, you don't even see it as an intrinsically uh, motivated kind of thing to do. Now, granted, I will say, you know me, I, I don't deal with losing well. I don't. But I will tell you right now, I would I am not the type of person to not congratulate someone else when they win or at least shake their hand. <laughs> I'm, I may not congratulate them verbally. Well, honestly, but, it's 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 for you it's more like a shake hand and not say anything and just be like Right. Oh, F this. But see, that's the thing. <laughs> I've never in my life been so angry with someone else that they right. beat me. My anger is always pointed at myself. I'm always like, I should have done better. I'm disgusted with the fact that I lost because I should have done better. Whether it's something where I can't affect the other person's outcome, like playing darts with them or bowling or something, or something where actually they're, they impact you, like in a, in a real sport or something. I've always been more angry with myself. And so still, you got to tell the other person or at least shake their hand and be like, you know what? They got me and they played a good game. You know, that's the way it is. So the Pistons just the thing is, they didn't even if they did it in a moment of frustration and anger, even if they did that. And then a week later, a day later, however later, I don't know, maybe a year later, they just realized it and said, you know what? We were wrong. Even if they did that, it would be fine. But they stuck to their guns for a long time. You know? Yeah. And they were led by dumb fuck. Uh, Bill Lambie. Yeah, why would you ever let that dude make your decisions? <laughs> yeah, that's who. That's who led the charge. That's who led the charge, man. Yeah, and I get it. There's some animosity there, but dude, you got to realize you are the aggressor. You're the nasty team out there that knocks people on their ass like illegally all the time and clotheslines people and just is out there to pretty much hurt people. Um, so what are you going to get mad because they beat you because they got the better of you? It's just the way it is. I mean, it's it's a fight. That's the way it is. I, I would not be excited if a team that I like did that. I mean, of course, I would probably, being connected to that team, try and find some sort of excuse because you tend to look at it a little differently when it's your team. But in that specific situation, I don't think – no, you, you got to just say, man, my team, that was crappy that they did that, even as a fan's perspective. So I don't know if you'd find a lot of Pistons fans who are like, well, yeah, they did the right thing. No, they shouldn't have shook their hands, shaken their hands. I mean, I don't know about that. I think it's pretty right. well received and well understood that that's a punk move. It really is. It really is. It is. So tonight we have episodes five and six. My only question about that is, okay, if we're at a time here where we don't have any other sports to watch, um, I don't understand why they're doing two per week. I kind of think, I mean, I like being able to watch two in a week, but I don't understand why they're not doing 10 straight weeks of it, of one episode per week. Just you know, stretch you're, it out. You're right. I, I, yeah, you're, you're, de- you're definitely right. I, th- I think that... Uh, Maybe they decided it before I, I, all honestly, this started. Honestly, I, I can't even argue with this because I like the way it is. 
because I like just going ahead and knocking out those two right there. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. When we hit episode 10, I'm going to be bummed about yeah. it. But by that time, I'm hoping some sports start pushing in, even golf, you know. I just think so. it's one of the strangest decisions I've heard in a long time because, yeah, because yeah, you could so. easily go 10 weeks, have people build the anticipation even – you know, I don't know if it's even more. Either way, you're just waiting for a week, but, but you only got one hour of it. It's still enough. It's not like it's a half-hour show. You'd still get an hour. You could go for 10 weeks, but maybe it's something related with their ratings and they just really want to slam it out of the park for a couple hours on a Sunday night and just – just, right. just slam it for like five straight weeks, which they are nah, definitely yeah. doing. <laughs> oh, they really—they're killing are. it. I hope they—I hope it leads to them doing more of this. Like, you could—I mean, I feel like they could put together easily a ten-part series on Magic and Bird, the Lakers and Celtics of the '80s, from '79. When their rivalry really got started, you could start with their college, you know, going at each other in the national championship game and then leading into all their battles and the Lakers winning their championships in the 80s, the Celtics winning theirs. And then, of course, highlighting when they played against each other and all of their exploits out on the the all star games. And just I mean, you could 10 10 would be easy to do that way. And, And I would eat that up. Because I would, I would be, I mean, dare I say, even more interested in that. Because Lakers Celtics for me growing up was just that, that. Really, it was the coolest thing going in sports. When because I grew up in the '80s, and to me, sports-wise, the '80s were defined by the NBA, Lakers Celtics. That was that was sports. Football was great; it was fun. Um, baseball was okay, uh, but for me, it was NBA Lakers Celtics. It was oh, it was it was must see. I'm telling you. And if you had social media back then, it would have been wild. <laughs> no, absolutely. It would have been absolutely I mean, wild. I mean, you see all those throwing, you know, throwing them punches with the Pistons and everything. Just imagine the jabs taken on Twitter or something. That'd be all. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that, that, again, and, you know, like you're saying with the with the Lakers and Celtics wanting to see a you know, documentary oh. on that. I cannot wait, you know, to see the Kobe Bryant 30 for 30 documentary because they're going to have one on. Him, oh, definitely. You know, and I just cannot wait for that because again, that's what I grew up. Yeah. With. I grew and I grew up with Kobe. I didn't grow up with LeBron. I did, I guess you could say, but Kobe was what my generation grew up on and absolutely rest in peace. But he, he, I cannot wait. That man, that man is the second Jordan in comp in competitiveness. I mean, that dude never, he did not want to lose. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it just, I just love the competitiveness um, given by those athletes. That's something, we it's should, just, it's awesome. that's something we should look at in the future too is try and think of some other people similar to that in other sports because we've named a couple in in basketball, but in the future we should maybe look at that, you know, the most competitive people and just people you admire for their competitive spirit if you weren't – even if you weren't a big fan of them. But when we, yeah, probably, probably, probably Ryan Leaf. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and when we were talking about the Lakers-Celtics, I also – thought there for a second about the difference between basketball then and now like you uh you know you have the whole I got touched so I want to get the foul called now versus back then getting knocked around but also you have like some of the conditions that they played in like you talk about the Boston Garden you know you had you had the finals being played in a place with no air conditioning in May slash June and so you had a game in the NBA finals where the temperature in the building was, I think it was 97 degrees, right. 97 degrees. That's and rough, yeah. And you've got somebody like Kareem 
who is older. He's at the end of his career. You know, so that, that that affects things. I mean, you got fans sitting in there sweating hard watching an NBA that finals game. And can you imagine that, that now? It, now you yeah, would have very, very, cl- very close to each other. Nowadays, you would have you would have fans complaining. You'd have players saying, "I'm not going to play in those conditions," and they would just you know, like oh, talk to my agent. Whereas back then, did they even consider that? No, it was like it's the finals, no. man. It's 97 degrees. Let's play some basketball. <laughs> so right, it's just, yeah, it's yeah, just different. But I think this will lead to a lot of other good conversations, and we'll have episodes five and six coming up tonight that we can discuss next week along with anything else that comes up with leagues restarting and i'm sure other little surprise nuggets will come along sometime during the week with all of our favorite sports so uh so this was a fun one this was a fun one man it was man i I can't wait for things to start back up it was uh um elise today my daughter was saying that when she was talking to her guidance counselor she took or and kiro my other daughter so they were both talking to their guidance counselor and happened to mention to him that i'm doing a podcast and his comment was he laughed and said uh but there aren't any sports right now and um my first thought is well i mean if you're ever gonna really test yourself to start a podcast about sports if you can do it during a time where there aren't any sports then i think you're gonna be fine (laughs) so i think well that's it's 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 kind of funny you say that because I had the same conversation with my girlfriend's mom. You know, she's like, oh, you're having, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, what's it about? And I said, sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got, I got the look like, uh, do you know sports are not going on right now? But, yeah, I do. But this is a time that we can right now just talk and just, you know, I guess reminisce on a lot of things that are going on with the world and look forward to uh, the things to come. Yeah, yeah, because the upcoming season. Yeah, because you can always talk about the actual hope. Yeah, you can actually always talk about things that are coming up in the fall and coming up on that. But I think, I think people who ask that question, they're they're just they don't quite understand the kind of person that you and I and a lot of other tons of other people are, and it. Watching the actual sport is a – it's kind of – it's a huge part of our lives, but it's a small part of the whole being a huge sport fan experience. You, There's so much that just goes on on your head. Like I know you. You sit around during the day just when nothing's going on or maybe when things are going on and you're daydreaming or something. You sit there and you're just thinking about – Oh, well, so uh, I wonder who is the best point guard ever, you know, like just just a thought, just, just something right. you want to discuss. And well, I mean, we debate about these things all the time in our in our text group about anything in any sport, just because we think about sports all the time. And we can talk about sports pretty much 24 seven if you gave us the chance to and we didn't you know, we didn't tire you with all of our sports talk. So, I mean, yeah, I think if we can get this started and get it up and running in a time when there aren't any sports, when good God, we'll have to just, uh, it'll be even harder. I think when there are sports going on, because there's too much to talk about. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I do want to, uh, say one last thing. I want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Phil Friedman for our music at the beginning. Yes. Um, so incredible, um, musically talented, um so thanks a lot phil for uh the music yes definitely thanks a lot and we're glad to have his music on board and this was a really fun one so we'll talk to you guys next week